Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the Cabrigal clan of the Darug Nation, who are the traditional custodians of this land we are meeting on today. We also pay our respects to the elders past, present and future of the Darug Nation. Hey friends, welcome to our podcast, A Seat at Our Table. Candid conversations about our Asian Australian experiences in the creative industry. I'm Tracy. I'm Wendy. We We saved saved you a seat. seat. Come Come join join us. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast, season two. Woohoo! Brand new spanking season. (laughs) Yes, we're back on our old stomping ground at my parents' house because we have some plans in the area after. So it feels a bit nostalgic, right? Yeah, it's like back to where we started, except this time we have a proper table. It feels like we're in an office setup. Yeah, we have space and we're not on the floor. Yeah, if you guys have seen our season one behind the scenes reels that we put up, you'll see that we literally started from the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're here. So we've like risen in height. <laughs> but I'm also above the ground now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, lately we've been doing a lot of planning around what we want this next season to be. Don't worry, not much is going to change, but hopefully we're going to have obviously more guests, um, a new website as well. Oh yes. Which should be launched by Go now. Go check out our website, everybody. It's yeah. looking nice. And um, yeah, we have some cool stuff on there like our episodes plus the transcripts so making it a little bit more accessible for everyone but also um hopefully in the future we can do more like blog type yeah stuff. blog type stuff yeah, yeah. also yeah. more collabs coming up this season yes yes, yes a very see. exciting one um and we've like planned throughout the end of this year but also like beginning of next year through to i think may ish as well which is crazy yeah because when we started, it was like we struggled to find episode ideas and now it's like we just have so many. Yeah, I'm very, I'm <laughs> actually very, very pumped right now to be recording. Like I kind of miss recording and just sitting down and chatting. Yeah. And I feel like that, you know, the excitement that we had at the very beginning of the season or the first time we did this, where it's like there's so much to do. Like as I was planning yeah. for our season launch, um, you know, more ideas came to my head. So I'm very excited for what's to come for us. Yeah. Um, shall we do a little life update? What have you been up to, Wendy? Um, so because it is winter in Sydney, I went to the snows recently and picked up snowboarding again, um, which was fun because I felt like I learned what I wanted to learn this time, mm. but I was so tired. Yeah. Like, I feel like I really felt my age yeah. after three days. <laughs> <laughs> my knees, my back. Yeah. Like straight up everything. My yeah. neck, strained my neck on the first day. Oh my God. I, I'm feeling my age these days too. My yeah. neck is quite strained right now. <laughs> Sleeping. <laughs> We're going to get massages after this. Oh, yeah. Um, but excitingly, I also had uh, one of my closest friend's wedding and mm. I was part of the bridal party. So shout out to Mary. Um, and Tracy was also there. Yeah, it was a beautiful wedding. Yeah. So it was like one of the first people from high school to get married, right? And it was like pretty crazy. Like it was a very emotional experience. Yeah. But it also honestly made everything feel like really re- real in terms of like the age uh period that we're in at the moment yeah yeah it felt like really adult (laughs) (laughs) like like, this is the beginning yeah i was like oh this is what it feels like to be in like your mid to late 20s yeah like like, everyone's gonna get married everyone's gonna get engaged (laughs) yeah it's pretty it was nice though like i think it was nice to see everyone it reminded me of like year 12 formal but We've elevated. <laughs> we've, we've elevated. We're drinking, like, wine and, yeah. like, very mature. Like, we've yeah. matured nicely, I think, in the last 10 years since yeah. we left high school. Yeah. But that's been my life so far. Um, oh, I, like, recovered from my ankle injury. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever mentioned <laughs> it on the podcast. old age. <laughs> um, sorry, this is obviously not a linear timeline, but before the wedding and the snowboarding trip... <laughs> I we had like a netball tournament like Tracy and I had a netball tournament and um yes I stepped on someone's foot and sprained my ankle <laughs> in the second game <laughs> and this like, is her first time back right since she got a concussion from playing netball yeah like honestly what's new I don't think netball is my sport anymore so sad <laughs> um but it was the same ankle that I like messed up on exchange and I put that put me in a cast so um yeah it's just like <laughs> what's the sponsor <laughs> age care support or yeah like, or physiotherapy. like physiotherapy um yeah but it actually recovered very quickly 
considering what it looked like, like it was a straight up balloon. Yeah. Yeah. We had to push Wendy on a wheelchair. Yeah. I was day. like a spectator on a wheelchair that day. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Not the first time I've been pushing Wendy around in a wheelchair. Yeah. Hey, at least I didn't go to hospital, right? Yeah, so right. I think that was the positive. Yeah. <laughs> What's been happening with you? <laughs> Did you just think about you in the wheelchair? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to insert a graphic. <laughs> Instead of grabbing in the like cover photo. Yeah, that's yeah. so funny. Um, <laughs> my life has not been as eventful as Wendy. I feel quite zen at the moment, actually. Oh, that's nice. Um, weirdly, yeah. What You know, it's been chaotic at work, but I feel very zen about it in terms that's of... good. I went away to a cabin house or a tiny house maybe like two, three weeks ago. But when I went, I didn't have a lot of expectations. But now like, just doing nothing for four days and being out in a cabin... It was on a farm in the mm. middle of nowhere in Mossvale, down in the Southern Highlands. And just like cooking and eating and like sleeping in, reading, yeah, walking around, you know, visiting small towns. Like the lifestyle was so nice. And I feel very like zen. It's good. And after that, I came back and I just felt like nothing's going to bother me. <laughs> <laughs> nothing can touch me now. I've been in the country. Yeah, nothing can touch me. I'm one with nature now. <laughs> Look, I don't know how long this is going to last, yeah. but I think it was a reminder to like appreciate the little things in life. So now that I'm back, kind of back into normal life now, I feel like I'm still holding on to that idea of I'm going to try to like, you know, mix things up in my day to make things exciting. You know, I don't have to be doing anything big every day to have an exciting day. Mm. So for example, I've been like changing it up and working from a cafe or working from a library. Yeah, I love that. And waking up like you know half an hour earlier than I normally would to do like a 15 minute yoga yoga sesh or like a ab workout um it's only been two weeks so let's see how long this lasts <laughs> she's changed but guys. I feel like zen and I'm at work you know stress has happened but I'm just kind of like it's okay like it's not the end of the world right no it's like more so I care about it obviously I will deal with it but I don't want to let it get emotionally like to me to it yeah yeah and actually Good segue. Yeah, I was going to say very fitting <laughs> yeah. for this episode. Yes. Um, because we're going to talk about the hustle mentality and the rise of quiet quitting from our Asian Australian lens. So apparently this has been viral on TikTok. I mean, it hasn't been on my For You page, yeah. um, but everyone's talking about it. Like ever since we put this on our radar to do, uh, record an episode about it, like we've been seeing it a lot more. Yeah, quiet quitting is... Trending. It's going viral. Everyone's starting to talk about it. Um, the first time I heard about it was actually like right before I left for this getaway that I went to from a client, actually. Oh, really? I was on a photo shoot and a client kind of brought up quiet quitting. I was like, what the heck is quiet quitting? I've never yeah. heard of it. And I think a lot of people still don't know about it. Like I've recently talked to my cousins about it and they're like, what's quiet quitting? So for those who don't know what quiet quitting is, it's basically... You're not quitting your job, but you're quitting the idea of going above and beyond and you're just doing just enough at work. So it was a video that went viral on TikTok and it's kind of like taken heaps and heaps of views worldwide. And I think it's kind of been really resonated with the younger generation. So mm. Gen Z, maybe millennials, and you're going to start seeing a lot more on media. It's kind of to go, it's like permeating into the mainstream media. Everyone's talking about it um, in terms of, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? But it's basically unsubscribing to hustle culture mentality mm -hmm. and just doing what you're assigned to do. And that's it. Like You're not going above and beyond. Mm -hmm. You're leaving at five every day. You're doing nine to five. You're just doing your job description and that's it. It's kind of people realizing, why am I working so hard? Like, why am I so stressed at work? Why am I going above and beyond? Like, what is it for? Yeah. People are literally doing the bare minimum and living their lives outside of work. So yeah. that's what kind of the idea of quiet quitting is. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it's like the direct opposite of like the hustle culture mm -hmm. we grew up with, right? So I feel like that was about constantly working. Like everything was about work. It yes. was like the center of your life and it was the only thing that you talked about. And if things were crap at work, it's like, oh, just put up with it. Push through you know, the shit yes. and try and like just get to the end. Yeah. Um, but it's also like the belief that you can succeed and achieve anything you want if you work hard enough. So for example, working long hours, which is associated with climbing the corporate ladder, which I can definitely resonate with and like getting rich quick or like in the shortest amounts of time. So it's like 
Also, like, people talking about, oh, I want to retire before 30. Yeah, I think hustle yeah. culture is so big. Like, it's still very big. And I think yeah. it was what all we knew for a period of time. Yeah. Pre-pandemic, 100%. probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, for me, it was like a sense of pride, definitely. Like, just being busy constantly. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, how you been? It's like, oh, I'm so busy. I've been doing this, this, and this. It's yeah. like filling your plate with as much as yes. possible. And it's like, that's what defines you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like... I think there was a period of time when everyone was like, hustle, you know, hustle now. Or like, if you work hard, you'll get everything that you want. If yeah. you want to be rich, just work hard. So people are generally like hustling at work, hustling outside of work, side hustles. Like everything was about <laughs> hustling, you know? <laughs> so quiet quitting is really the opposite of hustling or hustle mentality. Mm. Yeah. I thought it was a good idea for us to talk about quiet quitting and hustle culture from our lens because I feel like it's an interesting kind of intersection with our Asian Australian values and culture. Yeah. Because I think coming from Asian backgrounds potentially we might lean towards more hustling I would say like I think our parents kind of teach us like hustle mentality and like hard work but then now this rise of quiet quitting I think for us is an interesting topic which is why we want to talk about in terms of how this kind of relates with our Asian values yeah 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 I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I feel like I'm realizing now like, why did I try and keep myself so busy mm. from high school all the way until now before the pandemic? It's like, why? What was I working so hard yeah. for? Right. And I feel like it was never spoken between my parents and I, but I just saw it in the way that they worked, in the way that, you know, they applied themselves, not just to their everyday work, but just life in general, yes. like trying to hustle so that we could have, you know, a better future. But yeah. then I feel like, subconsciously that that was like ingrained in me and then I saw it in my sisters and then that kind of led me to always want to do extracurriculars in Mm. school for example or you know just do as much as I can until I was like burnt out yes and then by the time you're burnt out it's like you don't realize how much or like how what was the reason for that and it was because you were just trying to hustle as hard as you could but you never stopped to think about why yeah that's very true it felt like we were in a simulation. (laughs) (laughs) So weird, like the Matrix. Like, obviously our parents hustled because they had a genuine reason to hustle in terms of like, it literally was for their livelihoods. And those were the habits and behaviours that we modelled from them. But now we're probably in a better space in terms of financially, you know, options, opportunities wise. And like Wendy said, it's interesting when you step out of that and it's like, hang on, why am I like hustling so hard am I killing myself yeah what am I doing yeah 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 Yeah. it wasn't until I think like COVID hit that you know you're forced to find productivity within like a certain radius yes like within the five kilometers (laughs) that you have right or it wasn't until like you had to actually pause and think about okay I have to find ways to entertain myself or do things a little bit different Mm -hmm. differently now and I feel like once something as big as a pandemic hits, you don't really pause to think about what is the purpose of what I'm doing yeah. and why am I always doing it that way? Like, what is the mindset that I've adopted? Where did it come from? Yeah. What were you like pre-pandemic in terms of your relationship with work mm. and hustle culture? I think um, recently I had dinner with a friend and he was like, you know, you're actually really different now. Like, mm. you're so much more relaxed. Um, and I was like, wow, that's such an interesting... Um, observation to have because this is a friend that I don't see often and he's a friend that I worked with at Deloitte and I feel like when I first went into full-time work which was at Deloitte and being in big four and the culture that it breeds I just consumed it and I didn't even question like you know can I do things differently to the culture that this place is kind of like um pushing on to me mm-hmm. you know and so because of that I think I was just like hustling constantly. And the fact that you're in a grad cohort, because I started off as a grad there, I kind of applied this expectation to myself that I needed to do extra. It's like being, is it the rat race? Is that yeah, what I yeah. yeah. You're competing against each other as well. Yeah. yeah. And now that I'm outside of it, like not being in that corporation anymore and being at a workplace that actually values mental health and work-life balance... I look at it now and I'm just like, wow, like who told me that I needed to compete? Mm. Who told me that I needed to hustle that hard? And it was just because of the environment that I was in. So now being, you know, two years on from that, starting that role and, you know, going through the pandemic, I think I've I've found 
more value in kind of just being chill, trying to not put like work at the center of everything that I do. And do you think that's because of the pandemic or is it because of like age? I don't think it's age. I honestly think it's just like your life events, um, your life experiences, Mm -hmm. but also the people that I'm surrounding myself with. Like I found that I'm the type of person who kind of not changes myself to fit in, but I think you, I really put in an effort to try and like learn the habits or the behaviors of the people that I'm working with, Yeah, you know, and trying to like mirror that because I think in the, at Future Friendly where I am right now, like we get mental health days off. Right. And I think because of policies like that, I'm making more of an effort to try and be conscious of what other people might be going through in their life. And I feel like that's a part of the pandemic as well. Seeing people in their home situations and realizing like, oh, we're actually all humans. So let's put like, you know, the human value first before like doing the work. Yeah. I think the pandemic has definitely put a spotlight on mental health and work well-being and probably dealing with burnout and preventing it at work. Like I think I don't remember a time where we've had this much focus industry wide or like on the news or just socially being aware of people's boundaries and balance and health. Yeah. So I think it's really nice to see companies move towards putting mental health as a priority as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to um, speak to it because I honestly think that because we've only been in the industry for four years or three years, it's hard to kind of say how much it's changed over the yeah. years. But it, but I have seen in terms of like, I've been in the same workplace pre and post pandemic. Yeah. And I've definitely seen that specific company put in heaps of like initiatives to help people with their mental health because of the pandemic. Yeah. 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 I think towards the end of like my career at Deloitte, yeah. I was starting to see it more. Like I used to be very afraid to ask to work from home Mm -hmm. like there was so much anxiety around and if you asked to work from home you had to be a really good reason you had to be like pregnant or something yeah like your leg had to be broken (laughs) you know and you know because of the pandemic we really quickly switched our mentality and the way that we work and the things that we value or the things that we realize about other people it's now like flipped on its head and now it's you know there's more I guess, importance placed on it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What would you identify more with? Like we'll talk more about quiet quitting later, but in terms of like the scale of hustle mentality, hustle culture to like quiet quitting, like where would you put yourself? Like where, how would you identify now your relationship with work? Maybe in the middle. Mm. I hate to be that person that's like, oh, I can't decide. I'm Switzerland. (laughs) Yeah, I'm Switzerland. I'm also a Libra. So, you know, I like balance. I don't know what that means. Oh, yeah, balance. Oh, the scales. Yes, I got Excuse me. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) No, but I I think it's because like lately I've been reflecting on like my performance. I put that in quotation marks because I don't think there's, I don't, I don't value performance as much as I used to because everything was performance driven when I was at Deloitte. Mm. Like your metrics of Mm -hmm. like, are you on a client or are you on the bench? Like that shit, honestly, like drilled into your subconscious. It made me think oh my God, am I performing enough? Mm. Now it's more so like falling in love with design again because I'm in a design specialist role in product design. So I feel like because of that, I'm trying to, um, I guess, enjoy the process of being in a new position Yes. and learning again, Yep. but also feeling like I can be kind to myself if I don't know things. Right. Whereas like, I think when you're in hustle culture or in an environment that, um values that you feel like you need to know everything you feel like you need to make every effort that you can to be the best yeah or have the best knowledge so on top of that I'm also valuing the other end of quiet quitting where it's like some days I know that I don't feel my best so I can only put in say 60 Mm percent but that's okay but I feel like I'm more honest with people about it like I'm having like a pretty rough day not feeling great yeah and the company that I'm at now, they really value like flex time. Yeah. So if you're feeling shit for an afternoon, you just feel, you can just say going offline for the afternoon because I'm not feeling great. Yeah. And because other people around me are doing it, I'm like, oh, it actually gives me permission to do that yeah. too. You know, and you start to notice these things about yourself and you don't feel as guilty. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of like in between. Mm. It changes throughout the week if I was to put like, you know, Monday to Friday 
maybe Monday I'm like full hustling, but yeah. by Friday, like I'm gassed out. Right. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Um, I would probably say the same. <laughs> Boring answer. <laughs> but then in terms of, I think I still, we'll talk about it a bit later, but in terms of like quiet quitting, I don't identify with that or I don't resonate with that as much mm. as I resonate with the fact that like balance is important, setting boundaries between work, I guess, work priorities and personal priorities. But at heart, like I'm still a hard worker, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like hard work is still very important to me. Whereas I feel like quiet quitting, it's kind of like you do the, like you do, it sounds like it's like, oh, you're just doing what you're given and you don't want to go above and beyond. But like for me, I feel like I'm an above and beyond person, but that could also just be how I grew up. So I think like I'm definitely, I think when I was younger, I was definitely more subscribed to hustle mentality. Like I, my mantra to myself was always work hard, play hard, or like hard work now play, pays off later. Yeah. Like that literally drove me all through high school, all through uni. I'm like, work hard now, work hard now, work hard now. And then I'm just like, now I'm realizing like, why? Like, <laughs> can't I just enjoy myself now? Like I can work hard, but I can still also have balance, if that makes yeah. sense. Like I don't have to work hard at the expense of everything else in my life. It's all about balance. And I think previously I was so guilty of, not taking all the opportunities available to me. Like, I feel like I just said yes to everything. Because mm. I felt like I would fall behind if I don't say yes to things or I won't be able to be as successful. So I, like, took every opportunity, did everything. But now I'm kind of like, no, like, I can say no to things and it doesn't really bother me. Like, yeah. it's balance, you know? So I think it's a journey with... um finding balance, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really nice. I th- There's... Some things that you said that I want to pick up on, like the first is 100% vouch that hard work pays off like later was your mantra in high school. But I also think that like at the center of it, it's not work drives everything in your life. Yeah. I, when people ask me, oh, how are you doing? I don't start with work anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's because I've just found enjoyment in other parts of my life as well. And even though, you know, we're at work, say 40 hours of the week, it's not what our entire like um, existence should be based on, yeah. you know, which is what it was before when we started full-time work. And I think similarly, like in high school, I was always just thinking, okay, I've done, you know, I've become a prefect. I've done like environmental club. Like what else can I do? <laughs> and it's geography like, club. yeah, geography club being like sport house captain. Yeah. Like, holy shit, I did a lot, yeah. you know, but on top of that, it's like, now that I reflect on it, I knew that I was doing it because, like, you want to have the best, like, record that you can for work and uni and whatever. But I just signed up for it without even questioning yeah. it. And yet, to your point about saying yes to everything, I, I don't think we ever stopped to think about, like, why are we doing this thing? Mm-hmm. There was never a moment of, like, what is my intention? What is the purpose of this? What am I going to get out yeah. of it? Well, it was just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like for me, it was, like, almost like a blanket rule that, like, what will I lose from taking this opportunity? Like, there's more for me to gain. Even though I don't know what I'm gaining, it's just, like, this opportunity is a chance for me to grow as a person, professionally and personally. Like, that used to be yeah. my, like, the thing in my head. But I never go, went to the step next, the next step where it was, like, what actually, like, what areas is this contributing in my personal growth and do I want it? Yeah. Yeah. On top of that as well, I think um, we did a lot of things in high school to get to the next step, which was uni, right? And then we got to uni and it's like, okay, now I have my full-time career to work towards. Then when I got to my full-time career, I remember the entire year of 2019, I really struggled with that. Like there were times where I was like, couldn't sleep, I was crying. Yeah. And that was the most unhappy year of my life. And it was mainly because I was like, wow, this is it. This is what I've worked towards. And this is the shit that I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse my French, but honestly, that was how I felt. Universe, why am I here? Yeah, I was just like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why do I feel so stressed and unhappy in my job? But I was like, I can't feel like that because this is an opportunity that people would kill for. (laughs) And I can honestly just reflect on that now because I've moved into a company where I'm very happy and I feel like my entire life is not based on work. But in that moment, I did what I knew best, which was trying to do a million other things to try and find like a new goal to like try and reach, you know? And what I honestly think about when I think about all of these experiences that I have is like, 
you know how the people say like, oh, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the whole time, like growing up, I always just thought about the destination. <laughs> me too. I was like, that quite stupid. It's all about the destination for <laughs> and me. And when I get there, I'm going to be so happy, <laughs> yeah. right? But I honestly feel like I've had moments where when I've hit big milestones, I feel kind of empty. Mm. Like, you know, when you hit, say, like graduation or even when I bought my place, I was like, oh, okay. Well, like I've reached this <laughs> yeah. now, so cool, what's next, you know? Um, And that was the mentality that I had. Whereas for the past couple of months, now it's less so about, oh, where to next? What should I do next? Um, What can I define myself by? Or what can other people like know me for? Now it's more so like, I'm just chilling and that's okay. Yeah, and that's okay. And it's like being kind to yourself to know that you don't need an achievement to define who you are. But for a lot of the time, like, I feel like I was proud that people knew that I was busy mm-hmm. or knew that I had like a ton of shit on my plate. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's just like, I'm chilling and that's cool. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is that when people say I'm chilling, that's like now looked positively upon. Yeah. I think these days like people are like, oh, that's so cool. Good for You're you. chilling. <laughs> like, <laughs> yay, we love being zen and stuff like yeah, that. Like exactly. it's been interesting to see how society's values have changed. Whereas before people were like, oh, I'm so busy and people look look up to that. They're like, oh, yeah. they're like, they're always doing something. I want to be like that. But yeah. now people want to be not busy. Yeah, exactly. They want to be zen. They want to do nothing. So this is where the transition to quiet quitting, I think kind of came up in terms of like when the pandemic hit, I think it was linked to a lot of people kind of really reflecting on their life as it was before the pandemic. Um, I think there's been also like a a noticeable fall in job satisfaction. So people are feeling underappreciated, undercompensated at work. And then also like I did this change of how people relate to work post-pandemic. So like I said, I think being forced to work at home, people realize how good freedom is mm. and how good not having to be in the office is. So I think this was really the trigger for trends like quiet quitting, the great resignation, well well-being, those trends kind of were born out of the pandemic because people actually had time to reflect yeah. on their ways of working. Um so to go even deeper into where quiet quitting was derived from, so apparently there was a like a movement in China in like 2021, like in April that really went big called Tangping. Mm-hmm. It's called, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's like, it means lying flat. <laughs> Damn, I want to do that right yeah, now. Yeah, literally. Just, just be horizontal. <laughs> like, that was literally what the movement was about. Yeah, like, that's crazy. There was a factory worker, I think he was 26 at the time, and he wrote a blog post about how he quit his job. He cycled like 2,100 kilometers from Sichuan to Tibet. And like just got by by just taking odd jobs for like $60 a day or something like that. And he called he called it like lying flat. And he was just like <laughs> advocating this lifestyle of just chilling, living minimally, not working anymore. Yeah, I love that. And Good for him. Yeah, it's so interesting. And apparently that really took off in China, especially t- China is a place that's very like efficiency and like. Yeah, it's all about work. The like they've got this narrative of working hard. Mm. With, you know, do you know the 996? No. So it's like working nine to nine for six days a week. Oh, So that's like yeah. their work culture. Yeah. And it's all about like working hard, getting married, having kids. And then this movement of lying flat is actually quite counter, what do you call it? Productive? Counter no. culture? Like it's a counter culture movement in terms mm. of like, it's quite anti-government. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually a big deal in China. Actually, I think they've started banning posts and media about um, lying flat. No, oh, why am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why, like, people think Australians are lazy, though. Mm. Like, you know, when we, apparently, when people, when Australians go work overseas, say, in, like, the US or in London, because a lot of Aussies go over there, apparently, like, Australians are perceived as being, like, quite lazy because of the work balance, like, lifestyle. Yeah, I don't know if it's changed much since, um, the the pandemic but i wonder if like with quiet quitting now like if there's gonna be more i guess understanding between work cultures Mm. like now that that's that started in china like i would expect something like that to come from like a more westernized country yeah 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 so the fact that it's come from china is like super interesting um but yeah i also thought about another thing when you were talking through this is um 
Like, I feel like it's more acceptable now or it's less scary to leave your job and to jump into the unknown. Mm -hmm. To take on, like, to just leave a job and then just think, okay, what am I going to do with myself now? I'm just going to go and find new opportunities. Like, it's not the end of the world to leave a job that you're unhappy in. Whereas previously, I think it was like, oh, if I leave this job, I'm going to be... Uh, my whole life is going to be unstable. Homeless. I'm going to be homeless. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to have like anything to live off. And that story that you just told, I feel like kind of just promotes that. Like it's okay to leave your job. Like it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Especially like, I think it's quite interesting, especially in a culture like in China, this guy doing this is quite like radical yeah. in terms of like, 100%. you know, their way of working over there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously, like, movements like, you know, lying flat, quiet quitting, like, thanks to the pandemic, I think these things have really come up to the forefront. And I just want to know, like, how has it, the pandemic changed your relationship with well-being and burnout? Mm, I've prioritised, like, other parts of my life because there was more time for it. I really thought about how do I want to spend my time alone, like, in solitude, Um, What are the things that I want to prioritize? I started prioritizing like working out more and moving more because as a result of not going to the office, you move less. Mm -hmm. So then that became a priority for me. But in addition to that, I think the biggest thing for me was realizing that I spend 40 hours of my week at work. Why don't I work in a job that I actually want to do? Why am I working for a job that's making me feel burnt out? Why am I working in a job that I feel unhappy waking up for every day? And it was like the push that I needed to try and go and find op- other opportunities. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh, should I really leave this job? Like, I'm like so close to getting promoted. Um, I know if I leave this job, my friends are going to get promoted before me, yeah. like become a senior consultant before me. And it was a really huge step to get out of that because I think the pandemic made me realize that, no. I need to put my mental health first and I can always climb the ladder when I'm ready for it, you know? And so the ladder will always be there for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Like no one's taking this ladder away from you. You might be just like one rung behind, but that's fine. (laughs) But that's what I mean. Like it was permission to myself to leave a job that made me unhappy, mainly because I wanted to prioritize my mental health first. Mm. Wow. We love that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel similar. I think the lockdown kind of forced me to reflect on my priorities and slow down. Like it definitely was like, I don't know. I always think like if the pandemic didn't happen, where would I be now? Oh yeah. It's kind of scary. Like I feel feel scared thinking about it. I think I'll be so stressed and like just totally working so much and things like that. But now that the pandemic has happened, I'm like, oh, I'm prioritizing enjoyment over career now, I would say. Like before my career opportunities that I was taking, it was all but like growing, hustling. How can I like get promoted? How can I get more money? But now my choices are like, how can I enjoy this more? <laughs> what yeah. can I do to like, you know, what opportunities do I want to take? It's now based on what will I enjoy the most? Yeah. So I think it's interesting that shift and mm. that shift is actually like, we're like two people, but it's actually quite representative of how the whole world has kind of shifted in their way of thinking. So there is a, like a survey that was done across Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Malaysia, and the UK by Employment Hero. Um, their report is called Wellness at Work in terms of our relationship with wellness at work now post-pandemic. Mm. And it's quite interesting because it's very similar themes. Like there was a couple of themes that came out of this report, which is one, Burnout is spreading like wildfire across the working population. So 56% of employees have felt burnout in the last three months. So like half of the people, like one in two people have experienced burnout, which is quite a lot actually. Um, Two, the pandemic has shifted people's relationship with working. So 43% agree that COVID-19 has decreased the importance they place on their career, which I guess Wendy and I have just talked to, which is like true. We'd be part of that 43%. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) We're like, career what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, but there's also like a lot of positive sentiments around workplaces. So 51% rated their employees' commitment to improving well-being as good. So we're actually seeing more workplaces commit to workplace well-being, Mm. which is really nice. Yeah. I feel like when I picture it, because obviously I'm a visual person, right? It's like this massive like reset button that I feel like the pandemic was like as if someone was pressing that Mm. pause or reset button. And it wasn't just for every single employee to think about 
their entire life, but it was also for organizations to to think about like how can we better serve our employees yes. or like how do we make sure people don't leave? Yeah, <laughs> otherwise well. people are leaving. Like the yeah. great resignation, like we saw so many people leave post pandemic because they realized they weren't happy with their jobs anymore. Yeah, yeah. But also it gave every individual the permission to ask for more mm. as well. Like I don't think I've ever felt so confident being like know your self-worth know like <laughs> how much you should be negotiating for and it was because of this like whole great resignation and like quiet quitting movement that you can select what you want to devote yourself to and how you want to spend yeah. your time as well yeah um so should we move into talking about the contention around quiet quitting so there's actually a lot of criticism going around quiet quitting. Like, I think we talked about both of us kind of like, we've picked out the positive elements of it in terms of like balance and like putting not, you know, work as your identity. Like, so taking out the positives of that, but there's actually a lot of hate going around for quiet quitting. I don't know if you've read much about it or you. No, not really. When you heard about it, but basically it's, there's a lot of criticism around like the idea of doing the bare minimum. People are saying like, isn't quiet quitting just, you're just doing your job. Yeah. The idea like of what it. you're being paid yeah, for. Yeah, like what you're being paid for, right? It's just <laughs> yeah. like, like definition is technically you're working your job description, you're doing nine to five, you log off in time. So people are kind of like, what is that? Like, that's just, you're doing your job. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. I think it's like the name of it or the description of it. And people are saying that like, there's a risk of people, people who are like prioritizing their well-being might be looked upon negatively because Mm. they might be associated with quiet quitting or like laziness laziness exactly yeah yeah. and it's the term that for some reason i think the name of it is associated with like doing the bare minimum being lazy not showing up for work not going above beyond but people are saying that's just like work like that's what it should be that's what it should be yeah yeah so i think it's interesting that this conversation is happening happening and Mm. it's interesting to see like a trend pop up in social media and now it's like becoming a real topic that people are talking about. Yeah. I think that's the difference between an organization that can get onto this train and harness the power of quiet quitting, right? Versus people who are stuck in pre-pandemic ways and who maybe say, like I'm thinking about people who work in institutions and have worked in that same job for years and years and they're not willing to accept that like the way work has always been is actually changing now. Yeah. And I honestly think the organizations that will thrive are the ones that can buy into this and make an opportunity out of it. Yeah. I think it's about like, I don't know. I don't like the term of quiet quitting because mm. it sounds negative. It does. It's got a negative connotation. Yeah. Like I don't, yeah. I wouldn't say, I would never say I'm quiet quitting because that sounds like, yeah, like the negative connotation, it just yeah. doesn't feel right for what it's describing. Yeah. Like, it's weird because I feel like what you're saying, like definitely I think employees need to jump on the train of like putting employees as their number one priority mm. and prioritizing people's well-being so they actually enjoy work and they actually feel good at work and they actually have healthy boundaries so they don't have to default to something like quiet quitting. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get what you're saying. It's kind of like if you really take a step back and think about it, if your employees are happy, then they're probably going to perform better. Yeah. But then if you try and pressure them to go above and beyond and, like, place extra pressure on them, stress, yeah. like, that's not going to lead to a good outcome. Yeah. Like, you want your employees to go above and beyond because they want to, yeah. not because they feel like they're forced to. Yeah, Like, they exactly. want to get fulfillment out of it. That's why they're going above and beyond. And you don't want them to go, why am I working so hard? I'm not going to do anything more than what you're giving to me and I'm just going to... Like if I was an employee, I, employer, I wouldn't want my employees to be like you just like disengage. Yeah, right? yeah, like exactly. Mentality. It's the engagement. Yeah. yeah, you don't want them to disengage and just do the bare minimum. You do want them to go and bump you on, but then it's a balance in terms of the employees need to be getting something out of that. Yeah, like they meaningful. Yeah, work. meaning, and they want to be able to like do that. If they want to do that, they should do that. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It should be like employee driven rather than like instruction coming from like top down. Mm. It should be self motivated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think another thing with quiet quitting that kind of bothers me is the idea that, like, you work nine to five and then you live your life. Like, it Mm. sounds like people are, like, rejecting the idea of working because they want to live their life. But for me, it's like, 
work can also be a source of enjoyment and purpose and growth. Yeah. So you can actually get stuff out of work. So some people might want to put extra hours because personally they're getting something out of it. Whereas it feels like, I don't know, there's a movement there that's going like, don't work, just live your life, that thing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like why do they need to be two separate things? I think for you and me, because our work or our careers have always been driven by passion, like what we love doing, we're, you know, the lucky ones where we know that the work that we do is related to our personal lives as well. Mm. So I feel like it's easier for us to bring our whole selves to work. Yeah. But I feel like quiet quitting or this culture has, I don't know, helped me bring my whole self to work a little bit more because I've found an organisation where I feel like I am I am myself and I'm comfortable being, you know, 100% myself rather than having a persona or being like a perfect version of yeah. myself. Like this is a roundabout way to explain it, but I think everyone's just chilled out more. Yes. But I think the term quiet quitting doesn't really explain that well. Like I think everyone has realised that at the end of the day, we're all human. And the work that we're doing is a small part of our life. So why don't we bring, you know, our whole selves to work? Yeah. So that we can perform our best as well. Let's re- this rebrand quite quitting, guys. <laughs> we're not doing it justice. I feel like the concept of like, yeah. yeah, like, you know, having like enjoyment, fulfillment out of the stuff that you do and then having balance is so good. But the terminology feels negative. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes it seem like you're putting less effort in. Yeah. But, but honestly, you're... You're just putting effort into other places. Yeah. But that also has a subsequent effect on what you do at work yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. And you can still work hard during your nine to five, you know, and yeah. and not be perceived as lazy. But yeah. I also think that the fact that this was a Gen Z trend, probably, sorry, Gen Z, but like <laughs> That's probably. That's hate, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight <laughs> off. Yeah. Like seriously, I feel like because the fact that this trend came from TikTok it came, it's associated with Gen Z and probably like older people are going, oh, like uh, TikTok. And that, another TikTok trend, like, <laughs> you know, like another Gen Z stupid trend thing. But it's actually like not. That's what I mean. Like if you don't embrace things that pop up. Yeah. Like the future of the workforce is going to be Gen Z and beyond, right? Yes. So why try and like not try and understand them yeah. and push back on them but rather than like understanding them and harnessing what you can I do agree. with that. Yeah. 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 Like Gen Z's like a lot of respect to them because like, I feel like this gen that's the generation that really takes risk and do things very differently. Yeah. And it's almost too different from for older generations because they're like, what the heck is going on? Like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. So then they default to hating on it. Yeah. And then once that concept gets like, picked up, normalized, and older generations like, oh, this is actually a safe thing to do, then it gets adopted. Like TikTok, yeah. for example. TikTok yeah. started with Gen Z, like doing dances. It was what was it before the dance platform? Uh was it Vine? No. Is that what you're thinking? No. It was something before you you Gen Z's know. It was know. <laughs> yeah, it was another platform before it was like singing, dancing, and that was specifically with Gen Z. And then it went mainstream. And then like I guess older generations like, oh this is a safe platform to use. And now everyone's jumped on it. And now Gen Zs have left TikTok and gone to find like Be Real or something like that. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like my mom knows about TikTok now, which yeah. was a very big surprise to me because yeah. someone at her, uh, someone that she knows, told her about it. Yes. And that person that told her about it was like you know sixties as well. Yeah, so <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, I think like older people are more risk averse, and I see this in my everyday work. Like they're so um, against change. Yes. Because they just have like this whole mentality that it's not the right way or it's like not what they've grown up yeah. with or, you know, things have been the same for a really long time. So I feel like the pandemic itself helped change things to be a lot more revolutionary a lot quicker as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like instead of, like you said, instead of employees thinking, oh, quiet quitting, what is that? People are just being lazy. Think about like, why is this trend coming up? You know, like, and how can you harness it? Like when you said to make your workplace better yeah yeah in my eyes like if i was to define quiet quitting i would just say it's like it's just people realizing that there's more to life than work yeah honestly yeah like you will still work and you'll still put your hours in you'll still put your effort in 
but that's not where it like that's not where your life starts and ends Mm -hmm. you know there's more to it than that yeah and like not feeling guilty for taking time off work or putting other things on top like over work prioritizing other things over work yeah yeah i also had a thought in terms of like privilege like does it require does is privilege involved in quite quitting like does it take privilege to quite quit because i think some people have to hustle yeah for their livelihoods there are some groups over others that really need to hustle to get their foot in the door to get to the next level so i feel like there's also privilege with having the option to quite quit to like do the bare minimum and like not you know go above and beyond to impress your superiors to get that promotion because some people actually really need that emotion that promotion for their livelihoods yeah like if you think about our parents that's exactly what it was for them right they needed to hustle because they had dependencies yes or they started from nothing and so hustling was a means of like freedom or comfort Mm -hmm. which they never experienced before that yeah whereas for us i think the fact that we can take mental health days the fact that we can you know, just be like, oh, I don't feel like putting in 100% today because I don't feel great. Like, our parents had to probably push through. Like, I've seen my mom push through, like, sickness, health, you know, in order to, like, put food for us on the table mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff, I definitely do think, like, we do have a privilege and it's, like, really important to recognize that. So, I love that you brought that up. Yeah. I think we're lucky to be able to even choose to, like, clock off at five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because for some people, the the day never ends like yeah you know they go to bed but then they're constantly thinking about work yeah we used to work with people at Woolies who were like parents and they would work nine to five jobs and then afterwards go work at Woolies yes stacking shelves things like that like yeah. just to put food on the table exactly yeah whereas for us it's like this is our only job and it's enough for mm-hmm. for us to enjoy our lives yeah have weekends <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. We're lucky, guys. <laughs> <laughs> take a like take a moment to pause, reflect and like be grateful. Yeah, hashtag, be grateful. Hashtag grateful. <laughs> hashtag be grateful. <laughs> be real, be grateful. <laughs> um so I want to talk about how quiet quitting conflicts potentially with our cultural values or does it conflict with our cultural values being from East Asian backgrounds? I feel like hard work has always been associated with, like, Asians. Yes. People go, Asians are really, really hard workers. Or, like, overachievers or, like, top of the, the list of, like, yeah. education yeah. and stuff like that. So I wonder if it's harder for Asians to quite quit. Yeah, because it's, like, we have to unlearn behaviours that have been um, modelled right in front of us but also drilled into us yeah. growing up, you know. So I definitely do think that quite quitting would be more difficult for people who have just hustled their entire life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I took a look at like, why do Asians work so hard? I literally Googled that. I I don't know if this is the right thing to Google. Why do Asians work so hard? So the answer is, um, is there an answer? (laughs) I mean, there's like kind of like a lot of East Asian cultures, Southeast Asian cultures, or even Asian cultures are rooted in Confucianism. I think it always comes back to Confucianism Mm. (laughs) in terms of what we value or what was valued back in the days. Um, Confucius values, like, promote prioritizing the community over the individual, social harmony, loyalty, respect towards superiors, and perfection in work. So it's really just a cultural value that has been embedded over generations and generations and generations, which is probably attributed to why it shows up as hard work. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. And then it's also like maybe with our parents being second generation Australians, we've seen, I guess, our families have come from developing countries. So for them, literally the thought process is the harder we work, the more successful we can be and the less vulnerable we'll be. Yeah. So it's literally like it's a formula mm. that they they know that works, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like the key to survival. Yeah, work hard, <laughs> be success, have money, and, like, avoid... Like, um, you'll be comfortable yeah. after that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I remember a time when I started working from home. Um, sometimes I'd, like, not really have much work to do, and I think I'd just be in, like, the backyard, like, playing with my dog, and my mum would be like, don't you have, like, work to do? <laughs> like, is it okay if you, like, take a break or this that i'm like yeah it's fine yeah yeah but it's just like very foreign to them because 
you know, I feel like their work is so important to them and they don't want to kind of step out of their role and, like, bludge or give their bosses a reason to fire them. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Whereas for us, I think, well, when I started working at Deloitte, I was, like, constantly always on Teams and I was like, oh, I need to make sure that I'm online. <laughs> Pressing the space Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm on yeah. Like, I wasn't lazy or anything, but, like, if I needed to go to, like, toilet or something, I'd be like, oh, press the space bar, make sure, like, I'm online. <laughs> or, like, if I'm doing something for my mom, like, making sure, like, I have presents or, like, but no one's actually looking at your status. That's like, so now true. I don't care. That is so true. Like, when yeah. my thing goes to away, I'm like, quick, move the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could just be, like, on a different application doing other yeah. work. But, yeah, like, that pressure, I feel like that stems from you know, always needing to be switched on, always needing to be, you know, working hard, putting in 110%. And that's what leads to burnout. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, I think it's like a lot of it is not just the working environment that you're in, but it's also what's been ingrained in us growing up. Yeah. 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 And I think also being constantly reminded how much our parents and elders sacrifice for us as well. And like also feeling grateful for that and going, oh, I want to repay them by working hard. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because it's like, okay, that's not necessarily a childhood trauma. <laughs> like working hard is not necessarily childhood trauma, right? But then I feel like we're at an age where we're questioning a lot of things that we grew up with. And now is like the time that we're almost like picking and choosing. What are the things our parents taught us that I want to take on into my adult life mm. versus the things that were drilled into me, but it's actually really unhealthy. I need to unlearn. Yeah. I want to know what our children will be like. Yeah, right? Like, what kind of mentalities would they have, you know? I actually think about this quite frequently. Not because, like, I want kids now, but it's more so, like, when you see people with kids and their kids are, like, lazy or whatever, like, you're like, oh, their parents must not teach them very well, right? And then you reflect back on, like, my kid's never going to be like that. I'm going to (laughs) make my kid work hard. Or... I want my parents to teach my kids what they taught me. Mm. That's what I think about as well. Yeah. But in a sense, you can, like, maybe you can't even teach that. You can't. Yeah. I don't think so. Because it's the environment yeah. you grow up with. Like, they're never going to grow up in a place where, like, literally you don't know when the next paycheck is coming in. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, like, I think we have the luxury of being able to craft a particular lifestyle for our kids mm. because we have the the means to now whereas like you said for for our parents like they prioritized tutoring and they didn't allow us to do like extracurricular sports because they knew sport is not a career (laughs) (laughs) you know like that's their mentality not saying that athletes like i have a lot of respect for athletes but for them they're like no i think sending our kids to tutoring is a better use of our money and their time so that's what we're gonna do but I feel like for us now, we have the luxury to choose mm. and to craft, yeah, a particular lifestyle for, you know, our kids and the future generations as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just making me more conscious of it, yeah. if anything. Like, that's what I have to be grateful for in understanding this new culture that we're, like, heading yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's kind of a good place for us to, like, have our closing thoughts on this new quiet quitting movement or hustle culture, hustle mentality. Like what is our personal take from it? What lessons can we learn from this? And what are we going to do moving forward? It's always really hard to answer questions like this because we're like in the thick of it right now. It's so new. Right. By the time this episode airs, I reckon there's going to be like more information or more things about this topic that will come out that maybe we weren't aware of as well. Yeah. And having talked about it in this episode, I think I'm more conscious of it now. So now I'm going to think about it and reflect on it a lot more. But for me at the moment, I think it's about trying to find the in-between, right? So the balance between hustling, but also enjoying the slower moments in life. Um, My greatest lesson has been that my work doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. But it also means that I'm not like disengaging from it completely. Like I haven't just thrown it out the door and just being like, oh, I'm just it, not going to think about it. It doesn't define you, but it's still part of your identity. Yeah. yeah. Like it's still important to me. And as a result of that, like having found a workplace that not only aligns to my values, but respects like people just as human beings in general and their mental health. Like I have a mental health day on Monday coming up and I get one every two months. Like that has made me realize like that it is possible to find a place that suits you and what's important to you. But you also have, like, the power to shape 
you, the way that you work and the future or the environment that you want to work within. So that's kind of what I've taken, not just from quiet quitting, but like, you know, the great resignation, pandemic, working from home, like everything encapsulated all in one. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I'm very excited about with this whole movement is how workplace wellbeing is now going to be even more of a focus. I think workplaces are picking this up. They're being a part of the conversation. And I'm very, very excited to see kind of where the industry takes it in terms of how can we make better workplaces for happier workers, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then also like giving people permission to pick and choose what works for them. And I think it's not about identifying with one or another, you know, whether you like the idea of quiet quitting or not, but it's like now you have permission to actually think about how you want to shape your work experience. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that. And I would like to see quiet quitting move like advance more in terms of like, I think I have a feeling it's going to get a new name, if that makes sense. I hope so, because I don't think that it does like quiet quitting the term itself does it justice. Yeah. I think as this trend kind of advances and moves, I feel like it's going to open up for like another bigger name or thing that encapsulates more of like the positive elements of it yeah yeah workplace well-being essentially or balance yeah yeah so on to our dinner table questions the first set of dinner table questions for the season very exciting (laughs) (laughs) okay the first one is what emotion is the easiest for you to experience wow deep (laughs) um Like, what are my options? Like, pending, (laughs) loading. (laughs) For me to experience or to express? Experience. With your heart, with your body. Um, like happiness? No. (laughs) Like, I need the A, B, C, D options. (laughs) Okay, like anger, love. um, Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happiness, sadness, anxiety. what What I'm thinking about is like, laughing like humor oh yeah i think yeah 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 like joy yeah joy mm-hmm. i think joy is a good word yeah how about you i think mine's too i think i default easiest to like joy yeah like that's very easy to experience i feel like that's what we default to i can find we... joy in a lot of things yeah i can find humor in a lot of things yeah like we we just make each other laugh yeah. when it's like even in stressful situations in serious situations, I can find laughter. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. I thought initially. Yeah. yeah. So joy is the answer for both of us. Joy. Okay. Joy. <laughs> joy. <laughs> okay, for those on audio, we are actually recording this on a video as well. So It's actually quite distracting, hey? Yeah. Go on our Instagram page yeah. just check it out. Okay, second question. What is the weirdest scar you have and how did you get it? Okay, mine's not a scar. But it's dead in my head. <laughs> Yeah, it's the dent in my head. It's back. Um, apparently, my parents told me that it was because I didn't get rolled enough as a baby. Like I was like <laughs> sleeping like like on the back of my head too much. Because apparently, as babies, that's why they're oh, always it's on t- yeah, yeah, you're always on your tummy and stuff because your the tissue around your head or something is like very soft. Yeah, and you're obviously still growing into it. So, um, when they took me to the doctors to get like X rays and stuff, apparently, that was the reason why. <laughs> If you're a doctor and can fact check us. <laughs> I don't know. This is what my parents told me. So yeah. How about you? For me, I've got these two dots very faint on my ankle. Oh, I've never realized them. They're, they're, they're almost gone now. It looks like snake bites, but mm. I got hooked. Oh, wait, you told me. Something. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. got um, hooked with a fishing hook when I was younger <laughs> in my ankle because my cousins were like, fishing and then they got a fish and they were like oh my god floundering what do i do with yeah. it so they were like push like pulling the string and then i was standing behind and it, it went back and hooked into my ankle oh my god so i got so fishing painful. hooked so they caught me as fish <laughs> um so i had to get rushed to like hospital or whatever and it was like it wasn't that it wasn't that i got driven to a hospital <laughs> sorry that was very dramatic and then they like had to clip it out so when the hook goes in one hole but they had to take it out in another hole, if that makes sense. It's like a, it oh, goes through your skin. You have to like... Yeah. Go, so that's it, why you have two dots. Exactly. So I've got two dots on my ankle. Wow. So oh, yeah. I'm going to check it out after this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what is one thing you think you're too old to enjoy but still do? Oh. Hmm. Um, Like really cheesy like, teenage films. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Like, like Nicholas Sparks vibe. 
Okay, no, I don't like those. <laughs> <laughs> or like, um, like like the Duff. Or like to all the boys. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. those really like every time a good Netflix like teen drama or teen movie comes out, I'm like, yeah. And I realize I'm like almost thirty. Watching, watching, watching like high school romance. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But what else? Honestly, you took mine. <laughs> you can't have the same answer. No, as I me. actually thought about this the other day. Like, I'm trying to remember what I was doing. Oh, like skipping. That's like an adult thing. It's not. Look, I think sometimes people, if I tell people, like, oh, I skip yeah. and I do tricks, like that might seem really premature. Yeah. Like double touch. <laughs> No, but I, yeah, like I really enjoy skipping, and I think some people might think it's like super premature. Oh, I have one. Sorry. Yeah. Tell me. I love doing kids' arts and crafts activities. Oh, yeah. That's fun. Like DIY kid kitty stuff, like painting plasters. Oh, no, like making friendship bracelets. Yes, yes, That's yes, what yes, I yes, thought yes, about yes, the other yes. day. doing little yeah. origamis and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Um, That's the it. I think that's the it. <laughs> You can tell we're so well prepared for That's season two. That's the it for season one. No, episode one. I've got I've lost my mind. Sorry. <laughs> hold oh, on. Let me take over. Well, that's it for episode one of season two. I feel like that was a pretty like cool subject to talk about mm. to kick off the season because it's something that obviously is trending right now and we want to be like hashtag trendy. trendy. <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know your thoughts because I think it's still something that's evolving. Mm-hmm. And I'm 100% sure our opinions are probably going to change. Yes. Yeah. After what we've talked about today. But yeah, as always, if you want to chat, throw us a DM. We are on Instagram at a seat at our table dot podcast, but also website. Website. Yeah, we have a website. It's a seat at our table dot com dot au. Yes. Go check it out. Go give us some clicks. Click through some pages. Yeah. <laughs> click some buttons. The other thing you can also do is leave us a review. Oh yes, please. Leave us yeah. a review. Yeah. It's it's good to be back. Welcome yeah. to season two, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Until next time. Bye. bye.